Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Ted Zaleski. I'm Lori Hirstetter. And I'm Monica Zaleski. Monica. So that- <laughs> Go ahead, Ted. <laughs> Monica is my daughter. You might have caught the name. <laughs> and she's going to be part of our episode today. And that, and that was a first. We have had guests before, but as we were talking about how we were doing this show, I was like, you know what? Let's have her introduce herself right at the beginning. So today is our Father's Day episode, and those of you who are listening regularly might recall just a few weeks ago, we did the Mother's Day show. So this is a follow-up to that, and we wanted to do the guy's side and found that putting together the boys' episode is different than putting together the ladies' episode. Harder. For a couple of reasons. Um, As we indicated, maybe in another show, certainly Ted and I have had these conversations before, that there are fewer guys in the book world than ladies, at least that we have found. As we talked about in our Mother's Day episode, the local bookstores that we have here in Carroll County are all women owned and operated. Majority of the librarians in our local library branches are ladies. And even the authors that we talked about from our Mother's Day show were ones that were women. So finding guys in this world um, is a little different. So I'll give you some just recent examples. We participated in A Day for Book Lovers. How many people do you think were in that audience, Ted? 225. How many do you think were men? Four. <laughs> right? Um, it's, a, it's just, it stands out. So that is something we're going to talk more about. Um, but before we get into that piece, that's just to let you know this episode is a little different. Uh, we want to spend some time instead of highlighting the book dads in our community, we're going to highlight the one book dad that we know the best, which is Ted. So that's why we have his daughter, Monica, on the show today, and she's agreed to join us, and we have a bunch of things to talk about with her. So first of all, welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you. Um, There are a lot of questions that we'd like to ask you. Ted knows the answer to some of them. I don't, (laughs) and obviously the audience doesn't. So let's start at the beginning. As a young person, um, earliest memories of reading. So this question was a surprise to me, so I didn't have a lot of time to prepare it. So just off the top of my head, I remember a lot of my dad reading to me at bedtime. We always had a book. In my memory, they were always chapter books. Were they from the beginning? You know, that's the first, that's where my mind goes. I I have to think we must have read, no, I I know we read picture books because there's one, I've actually mentioned this on a show, I think, um, the Berenstain Bears, the, the big honey hunt, mm-hmm. because you always mm-hmm. used to get all excited to go, wrong kind of tree, wrong kind of tree. I think you might have mentioned that in the Mother's Day episode. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because the reason I asked this question is the Mother's Day episode, no, this was actually the interview. You interviewed me and said, Lori, tell me about mm-hmm. your earliest yeah. memories of books. And the book I mentioned was Are You My Mother? Um, and that is one that has a family connection for you also. Yeah, my brother, in my memory at least, my brother loved that book, and I texted him to confirm, and he said that it was a favorite. It's a good story. Yeah. 
So young Monica and the reading that you had, you know, obviously with, with your parents and then you start reading on your own. Mm -hmm. When you started reading independently, was there a certain genre of books that you liked or particular author or what stands out for you? I guess when I think about reading on my own, I think more like middle school years. I don't know why I don't have strong memories of mm -hmm. elementary school reading. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember in fifth grade, I was in a lower reading group and I felt like I should be in the higher reading group, but the higher reading group was reading Where the Red Fern Grows. Oh. And I was really happy to not be in the higher <laughs> reading group. <laughs> I think we got to read like Island of the Dolphins or something less traumatic. Do you know where Red Fern Grows? I, I don't. It's, it's a book you wouldn't want to oh, read. Oh, yeah. Lori's got a long list of do not reads. Yeah. <laughs> it involves multiple dogs dying. Yeah, I'm not good with that's that. That's a spoiler alert. No, it's okay. People want to know. Yeah. They, they know this is on my list to read or this is not one I would enjoy. Yeah. So it's good to share all of that. I feel like I very much grew up in the time of like all the stories of dogs dying. <laughs> and then like and when I got to high school, I think a book came out that was like no more dead dogs or something like that kind of making fun of those books. I, uh, this is a segue and I there actually think there is a book. So it is a book connection too, but the movie I watched was uh, The Dog Marley. Oh yeah, Marley. Oh, I have never cried so hard in a movie in all my life as that watching that movie. It broke me into sobbing, mm -hmm. sobbing tears. So I just yeah. don't do well when yeah. bad things happen to, to animals. Shiloh. Mm. Right. Those were all popular books back at the time. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know why. So I don't know how this connects timing-wise, mm -hmm. but a story that I do know, which is a very interesting one, is why I want to share it, is that at some point, you had some questions for your dad about mm -hmm. the absence of female characters, which is interesting because we were just talking about how locally we feel like it's predominantly women mm -hmm. in our book community. But you, as how old do you think you were? And, and can you tell us the story about that conversation with your father. So this is a conversation that I only have a memory of because he has told me about okay. it. So I don't know how much insight I could provide. But Maybe it's more something you tell us about, Ted. How old yeah. do you think I was? Um, old enough, I mean, young enough that I was reading you books that you probably wouldn't have read on on your own. So I don't know, you know what that is, you know, seven or eight mm -hmm. or something. They, it, it, we're talking chapter books, and I was trying to pick books that I said, well, I want I want her to hear good good books. Yeah, I want stories that maybe she wouldn't find on her own. And this was many books in. And I read to both you and Teddy, Ted now to most of the world, um, pretty much every night. Yeah, probably a lot of things I got wrong as a father, but I think one thing I got right was I read to you guys a lot. Um, but we were reading all the, these books, and one day you said, why are you always reading me these books about boys? And I, I stopped and said, well, she's right. You know, it was nothing I'd ever thought about. It wasn't definitely wasn't in, intentional. Uh, but I then started thinking about it. I was actually in a Master's of Liberal Arts program at the time and my final project for the degree turned out to be this um, bibliography and paper I won't remember the name exactly right um, strong female are, are choosing their own path strong female characters in fantasy literature so, something along those lines 
and I found a hundred books for the bibli bibliography. So these were books where I said, okay, you do have strong female characters here, but it was work. It, it, it was hard to, to find them, which was part of the problem. The books I was picking were all good books and the books that people read, but it was dominated by boys and, and men. Now, that has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. And I've actually thought sometimes about going back and doing something with it. But in the time that's gone by since then, there's been an explosion of mm -hmm. female characters, strong female characters. Yes. And including, this is a point I made in, in the, the paper I wrote, was not just about having good characters, but also having strong, bad character, women characters. You know, mm -hmm. why isn't the villain? <clears throat> Can the villain, villain be a lady? And yes. now we do have lots of villain ladies throughout. Right, so that's happening yeah. more, mm -hmm. more too. So that, that was what, what happened. You know, so mm -hmm. I, I understand that you only remember because I've, I've laid it out for you. Relayed the story. So a couple things come to mind for me on this. One is how obviously you have probably influenced Monica's reading and her life just by exposing it to her early mm -hmm. and sharing your interests with her. But in this event, you influenced him in, in significant ways. You know, you're the child, an innocent comment, but an important comment and a real observation that at the time was accurate and now, look how far we've come. That's a great thing. But even just how you influenced your father, and it, you know, it was a major topic in um, his final project because of it. And it's something I think that you you think about. And and this is a story to share with you guys. Um, a couple of years ago, when Ted and I before the podcast, and we were just friends and reading and talking about reading. And you do you remember when you used to give me articles that were related to strong women characters? Yeah, it was somewhat tied to that. And also it was project you were working on. A project lady, I was working leads. Yes, we had a, a project at my at my work. It was a, a group of uh, women in leadership. And we were coming up with topics for discussion um, at the county. Um, it was books. It was um, things that we were doing in the workplace, just developing um, in, in these ways. And, and Ted knew about it, but not part of it, obviously, um, as a ladies group. But he would give me articles and how many that were, I mean, it was, the stack got very big, that there was just no shortage. And I, I honestly would attribute some of that to this young girl named Monica, <laughs> who said these things to her father about where are the women? So um, I don't know what we're gonna call this show, but this has two pieces, two sides to the story. Where are the women in literature is a question you asked early on. And then today we're asking the question, where are the men at these book events? So it's just an interesting sort of dynamic. I wanna go back to what, maybe what books you remember, but one more thought about you know, the idea of you having influenced me. Mm -hmm. uh, I read a lot of fantasy fiction. Uh, I read a lot of different stuff, but probably if I had to say what's the biggest percent, it's, it's fantasy, whatever that percent is. Um, and it's hard to know, but it's quite possible that that is because of the work I did on that, that paper. Mm. Because you know, it, it, I remember intentionally choosing to make it about fantasy fiction because the, the idea was, and I think this is a really important idea, is that it's easier for everybody to accept girls or women 
in non-traditional roles when it's fantasy because you're already accepting this isn't my world. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a different one, so things, things are different. So it's easier to put a, a girl in a place where you would usually see a, a boy. Uh, but in you know, taking it on that way, I ended up reading a lot of fantasy. I think I found a lot of stuff I liked and maybe wouldn't have known otherwise, but then you know, led on you know, for all these years. So what those years we were doing the reading, you know, skipping past picture books and into mm -hmm. novels, uh, do you remember any that stick with you? Um, I can't. There was like the adventures of Catherine Doyle. Yeah, Is that like what it's a, called? Like a pirate ship or something. Yeah, like. yeah I remember that one. Um, all the wind through the door, wrinkle in time. Mm -hmm. Those are very traumatic. <laughs> like, yeah, me and uh, my husband were talking about them the other day. We were like, those are really heavy books for kids to be reading. Uh -huh. And we are going back and reading the summaries. And it wasn't quite as bad as I remember it being. <laughs> but I was like, I think that kept me up some nights. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> like, what if something happens to my mitochondria? <laughs> 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 I don't think I ever thought about that. Wow. Yeah. Here, Ted's just saying, I did a good job reading to my kids. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> Little did he know, you're having nightmares. <laughs> You know, in the uh, Wrinkle in Time, the companion books are ones I've read again since then and mm -hmm. almost certainly will read again someday. Yeah. They're in my closet, tucked up high. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we read uh, The Chronicles of Narnia. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you call the entire series. series. Yeah, that's what you do call okay. it. Okay. Um, so I remember having a disagreement with one of my friends in fifth grade, Kevin Jones, about the order you were supposed to read the books in, uh, because you had read them to me in the order they were published. Yes. And he was advocating for them being read chronologically in the world of Narnia. And um, we could not come to an agreement. Yeah, and they're not the only ones. This is a, uh -huh. a common disagreement. And I continue to believe that reading them in the order that they're published is is the best way because of where it starts with the lion witch in the wardrobe and you eventually find the origins of the, the story uh, i think hearing how it all started first is not as interesting as saying oh okay now i, I see so we're talking about how monica has influenced you but clearly i'm sure there are things that you would point out that have been uh, influenced by your dad. So anything that stands out for you there that you think you as a reader today mm -hmm. is based on something that happened with your father? I, mean, I, I would just say like in general, valuing books mm -hmm. and reading mm -hmm. because that was instilled at a very young age. Mm -hmm. So um, it's one of those things like as I travel, I allow myself to buy as many candles as I want because I know I'll use them. Very nice. Bar soap that's like homemade because mm -hmm. that's useful and like a nice little thing. Mm -hmm. And then books. So those are like the three ah, things that I'm like, I can I buy these that. things. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have to feel guilty about it because they're all useful and... Always money well spent. Yes, money well spent. They're not just going to sit on a shelf. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess eventually the books will sit on a shelf, but well, that, read first. <laughs> that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you, and this is to a broader question about how you are similar or different from your dad in your reading. Mm -hmm. So his to-be-read list is ridiculously long. Mm -hmm. He'll never get to them all. He has said that many times, that mm -hmm. I, I really need to start thinking about my selections because I'm not going to get to them all. Uh -huh. How does your library look? as compared to your dad's? 
So I don't want to say it's like a disagreement. I would like to put a bookshelf in our house. But then my husband's like, we don't, he's very anti-clutter. Okay. Like, I mean, you wouldn't really know it's stepping into our house. You'd be like, there's plenty of stuff. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he wants to be a minimalist. Yes, yes. But we he's tr- living with you. We try our best. <laughs> and so I like tuck books everywhere. It's not like if I really wanted a bookshelf, we would go get a bookshelf. But yeah. we've tried it and they just don't don't fit. So books are just everywhere. They're like on the bottom shelf of the coffee table and on our entryway table and on the end tables of our bedroom. So there's books everywhere, but it's not like my dad's house where you go in and there's just walls of bookshelves with books. Mm -hmm. So I think I do an okay job of like reading a book. If it's one that I'll read again, I hold on to it. If it's not, then I'll pass it on to someone else or, or donate it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that my to read list is like, if you took my dad and just scaled it to like, I want to say a 10th, but that's probably even too much. Like okay. I have lots of books that I have purchased that I would like to read and have not yet had the time to read them. But okay. I don't think that it is your level of, like I have, <laughs> like when you talk about like, if you only have 10 years left to live, right, like right, how right. many books, like I think if I, I think I have more room to buy more books for my lifetime. Yes, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good way. <laughs> <laughs> because of two reasons. One, the volume of books, and two, the years you have ahead. <laughs> I feel so much better. Right? This is a very happy show for you. I probably have like 15 books like coming up like that I am like, I need to read these, and I haven't read them yet. We've been talking about your expiration date and have traumatized your daughter. This is a great Father's Day episode. <laughs> Monica said something there that I think is, is worth going back to. She is much more willing to give up books than yes. I am. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time um, getting a book and then getting rid of it. However, even even if it's passing it on to, to somebody else. Now, I have many books that I own, have not read, probably will never get around to reading, but yet they're sitting there. So one thing I'm wondering, you had just described it as your list is just a miniature version of, of your dad's, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering about the different categories of books because anyone who's paying attention to the sh- show knows that, yes, fantasy is is a favorite category for Ted, but he reads everything. Mm-hmm. And there is not a, like me, I have areas I don't like to go, and I definitely have ones that I'm very focused on. Ted reads everything. So what is your style? Are you more like Ted or more like me? I feel like I go through phases. Okay. So I'll find an author that I like that is maybe like a mystery writer. Mm-hmm. And so I'll read a bunch of their books mm-hmm. and then something else will spark my interest. And then I'll read a bunch of nonfiction about that thing. And then so I, I kind of shift and I'll go between everything. Um, I feel like recently I've been more into like nonfiction. Okay. But nonfiction, more like a memoir, someone writing about their experiences or writing about a place in a way that reads more like a story than a textbook. Okay. Um, but I've gone through periods where I'm really into like cozy mysteries, mm. like wintertime, and you're just like oh, snuggled yeah, up next to the fire. Sense. Yeah. I don't like stressful books. Okay. I'm with you there 100%. Yeah. So I was practicing with my husband about like what things that I could talk about and something that I realized that you have not discussed yet. Ooh, give us an idea. And I feel like you might have strong feelings about this. Okay. But sometimes if I'm reading a book and like a lot of times it gets me with those like young adult books that have a love triangle and it's just like ruining the story for me a little bit because it's just Mm -hmm. making me anxious. Mm -hmm. I'll like flip ahead to the back of the book and I'll just see like, who do they end up with? Or like, how does this? And then I'll go back Uh and I can read it. Mm -hmm. 
with that knowledge. It comforts me. You probably can guess my answer. <laughs> I definitely read ahead. I'm deciding whether a book is worth my time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you're losing it in the first three chapters before you give up on it, you go a little further ahead. Maybe Uh chapter seven gets exciting enough that Mm -hmm. I'm going to hang in there to get to chapter seven. Um, Ted? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I didn't know people did this. What what are you talking about? (laughs) If I've ever done it, I don't recall it. (laughs) Start on page one and repeat until you get to the last page. Well, for fiction, at least. Even in nonfiction, I tend to read in order. Linear, linearly, <laughs> but I can imagine the possibility that I might have looked up, looked yeah. ahead at something. Mm-hmm. But a story, I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so um, another thought, and this is I, because I happen to know the story and no one knows. Oh, actually, I think I may have posted a picture of the two of you at Backwater Books. Mm-hmm. So somebody knows out there besides me that the two of you did a good book hunting trip together. So um, that's the next segment of this is going to be the longest, maybe, mm-hmm. of, the, of the entire discussion today relating to good book hunting, because we've talked about the books, but the selection of the books and going to the places to get the books. Um, you are well-traveled <laughs> and going to be more well-traveled than the Two Sides crew. So we've been talking about um, incorporating your travel into the show. So let's start with book trips that you've had so far um, with your dad. Is Backwater Books the only one, or is that something you guys have been doing together? I wouldn't say that it's anything. I don't want to speak. I don't think that it's anything we've done purposely. Like, I have lots of memories of going to Daedalus Books when that was open. Mm, I, I miss that store. <laughs> yeah. Where's that? Where was that? In Columbia. Okay. In, like, a warehouse, an yeah. industrial area. Mm-hmm. It was... Um... It was just a, a warehouse, <clears throat> big. I don't know how many books they had, but a lot, a lot Wait, of books. <laughs> it wasn't just a book house. It was uh, just magical. Oh, <laughs> see, that's exactly how I feel about bookstores. They're, they're just, you walk in and there's this feeling you get. Not all of them have it, but some of them have it. And when they do, you just, you can't wait to get in there and you can't wait to go back. So Daedalus was a place, it, they didn't stock like a, a store. Okay. I think they might still have an online presence. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of it is, you know, they get they get some books and you know, you're trying to find something and you, know, you, you go to them. Mm-hmm. So you never knew what you were going to find when when you went there, but there was always good stuff. And one thing I really, really miss about that store, they had this one significant section of books, um, called it literary nonfiction or something like okay. that. But it was a lot of a lot about writers, mm. writers' lives, writing about books. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a ton of stuff that I bought there. And, and this was all um, lower prices. And mm-hmm. I mean, some of them were very, very inexpensive. Sometimes you were still paying $10 for a book, but you weren't paying uh, publisher prices for the book. Uh, so thanks for bringing up another bad memory. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a roll today. <laughs> So I actually brought along a book from Daedalus. Oh, I wasn't great. sure how to prepare for this. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I think it's great, too, that you and your husband talked about it before today to think about <laughs> what you were going to say. That's so yeah, cool. He, he was quizzing me. He was oh, like, was he? So, so how did you? He was playing the interviewer, <laughs> yes, and yes. you had to respond. That's awesome. 
Thanks, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was just thinking a question that you often ask is if your house was on fire, what book would you grab? I hate that question. (laughs) I mean, I just like the question because I feel like you could buy a book if your Mm -hmm. house was on fire. So it's more like a, you're stranded on an island. You're right, because you could replace the book. But if this is the only book you ever get, okay. As someone who works with small children, you don't want to encourage them to be running back for a book. Good point. (laughs) The list keeps growing, Ted, I'm telling you. (laughs) Point taken. Bad advice from Ted Zaleski. Um, So this was a random book from Daedalus that I would want if I was to only have one book. Okay. The Vanishing of Katharina Linden. And it really might be Katerina Linden because it takes place in Germany. But it was only $4.89. I love the bargain, so I'm already in. Good bargain. Lots of things that you'd find. And a book that, like, I've never seen it anywhere else. And I've read one other book of hers, but they're very difficult to find. Like, I don't Uh know how well published they were. I don't know the book or the author. Um, Well, it's kind of, I'm very much like a place reader when you talk Mm -hmm. about, like, the different kinds of people, like the place and the landscape is really important to me. Okay. Um, so this book is like a little bit fantasy. I don't even want to say fantasy. It's almost reads like a folk tale, Ooh. but takes place in modern day Germany. Um, and it's a little bit of a mystery too. I, it's just very nice. That sounds like something I would like. What Monica just said to a couple of things. Um, one is the reference to the landscape. So this is about Nancy Pearl. We've talked about Nancy Pearl a little bit before, but the four categories for her. Do you want? Do you know it much better than I do? In fact, he's talked with Nancy Pearl. Yeah, uh, landscape, page turner, language, and characters. Yeah. So you are using some of what. Again, dad's influence, mm-hmm. hearing what he has said about Nancy Pearl and her categories and applying it to your reading. And I, the other thing I want to comment on is I agree with you so much on the finding the treasures that when you go to a, a new bookstore and you buy the, the latest bestseller mm-hmm. is a very different experience getting the book yeah. than it is going to a used bookshop where you're going to find something that is a hard to find. Mm-hmm. And whether it's an antique or a collectible versus just something that didn't get a lot of attention, mm-hmm. I find it sometimes more satisfying mm-hmm. when it's something that you, it's like an undiscovered band, you yeah. know, like <laughs> that you found them before somebody else did or that you, it would be hard to get. And, and you've got a treasure that you would almost have to share that mm-hmm. because it would be hard for them to go get the book themselves. Yeah. You're looking something up. I was just checking out Helen Grant. They, oh, okay. So is she, is this a one hit wonder? So or? she has more books. Okay. I've read, I've read um, The Glass Demon also, but these came out in 2011 in the United States. So maybe they're more, it looks like she's a UK author. So oh, maybe they're okay. more popular. Well, we have a friend in England. Yes, we do. We could have her take a look for us. So um, something else, um, and this actually relates to that, is about this, you know, good book hunting and that you've done some of that. So Mm -hmm. we've already talked a little bit about the parts that you've done with your father, but you have been sending him some pictures of places that you and your husband have been. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a quick Google search yesterday for another show topic and one of the bookstores that you have been to was on the list and it was some of the coziest bookstores in the country oh and where were you guys was it new orleans faulkner's yeah okay so tell us about that and Mm -hmm. maybe some of the other places that you and your husband have been and send us pictures of okay 
Um, so usually when we travel, I like to just, I like to shop, peruse, window shop. And so like bookstores, I said, I can always buy a book. That's Mm -hmm. fine. So I like to find bookstores and then specifically see if they have books by a local author or a book about the place. Okay. Um, so I would just do that on my own. But then as my dad was working on this podcast and Mm -hmm. talking about starting a blog, I think that's when I started sending more pictures of places we've been. Yeah. I think before that, I mostly sent pictures of beer and brought back beer. <laughs> <laughs> and so now it's switched more to books, but maybe it needs to be a combo. It's both. It's definitely <laughs> both. <laughs> one book, one beer. Yeah, so the New Orleans, New Orleans trip, Monica did bring me back a book. It was called The Missing. Drawn in blank on the guy's name, except it's one of those E-A-U-X ending <laughs> names. Um, and it was recommended by the bookstore owner as a good ties to new orleans Mm -hmm. yeah she kind of looked at me like i was crazy because i was like really if you were to recommend a book you know what would you recommend and she was like oh like here's like a travel book about and i was like no 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 just like something somehow related to new orleans and then she seemed a little more excited about that idea and Mm -hmm. went and got this book Mm -hmm. so i said perfect and i enjoyed it well that was one of the things i wanted to ask you about because i i knew that you often bring books back for Mm -hmm. your dad knowing his library is so vast how do you select the books that you get for him so in this case Mm -hmm. you asked the bookseller tell me some other stories of places you've been and how you select the book that you bring back to your dad you guys we have to take another picture (laughs) hold on while we're doing this we're going to get you Getting the bags. There's the oh, bag, there's and there's the, bag, the, there's the book. yep, <laughs> and there she is selecting. <laughs> okay, I'm like Mary Poppins. You are like Mary Poppins. Um, like right on the edge of this. Okay, what else is in there? Um, <laughs> so, Ian. Oh gosh, <laughs> I do want to ask him a few questions. So I'm glad you brought him. <laughs> um, so we were in southwestern Colorado during COVID Ooh, when I, I like could, the look at the book already. right isn't it good mm-hmm. so there was a bookstore there called lithic bookstore and gallery and I believe first it was just a publishing company so it started as lithic press and they publish into or like they're an independent publisher of poetry okay um and then they also have this bookshop so I went in and they had this book called footprints in the trail by will c minor and it's just very, like, aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. It looks like something you might find in, like, an Urban Outfitters. It does. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, but it's kind of cool because they published it, and they actually have on the inside how many copies have been published. And it's not a lot. Like, they just... So, in 1950, they published 2,500 copies. So, this was the fourth run. In total, there's been... 7,500 copies printed. On the previous page, there looked like a different font. Is it signed? What do you have there? Oh, okay. So it's, got it. Okay. Um, So it's not signed, but it's signed. Yeah. So I knew that a lot of these were not floating around. So maybe he had not seen it. Um, But it's basically about a sheep herder, a shepherder. I don't, someone who was taking care of the sheep. sheep. Yes. uh, (laughs) In uh, Southwestern Colorado. And it's just little essays, little mm-hmm. snippets of his observations of animals. So he's just outside all of the time mm-hmm. and he just has all these interesting stories about so like the last one I read was about sheep eating mushrooms and how the sheep quickly figure out what mushrooms you can eat and not eat. Can't. Because, uh-huh. um, Ill effects on some. Was there one about a, a, a fox or a wolf or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I started this. I've read some of it. I don't think I've finished it. I know where it's sitting, though. And it's, it's not a, I didn't finish it because I didn't like it kind of thing. It was just 
got diverted and never mm-hmm. got back to it. So do you most of the time when you buy him a book, buy the book too for yourself, you get to? No, this no. time I got the book first and okay. I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I bought this two, two and a half years ago now and I still haven't finished it because I like it so much mm-hmm. that I want to make it last. Savor it. But at this point, I think I could go back and it would be all started anyhow. Yeah. So I think this summer I'm going to finish reading okay. it. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and it was something different. So I said, I'll purchase him a copy also. Mm-hmm. And then this bookshop was lovely because I went in there, bought a bunch of books, went back, bought a bunch more books. And then the um, I guess he was the owner, came over and gave me a free book of poetry. And he was like, we so much appreciate your awesome. business. Yeah, I remember you um, telling me that, yeah. So it worked out. Well, I ended up giving that to a friend who had just, it was all about the Colorado River. And this friend had just kayaked the Colorado River. And okay. I was like, here you go. This is perfect. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I love when you share the books. And that is something you have maybe gotten from your father. Your father does that. He is big on setting a book on your desk and just gently suggesting, sometimes not so gently, yeah. you ought to read this. <laughs> But so, not your own book. You go out and get a no, new no, copy. No, no, yeah, so yes. Oh, he's not to. giving up his version, no. Um, Ted, so all of these books that Monica has given you over the years, who knows how many that is. I'm, I'm thinking it's a pretty big number. Um, do you have a favorite? Or is that impossible? Like me picking the book when I'm running out of the burning house. Uh, nothing leaps out as an obvious favorite I'd have to kind of think back through what the books yeah. even were. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm kind of fortunate. Um, both Monica and her brother both, both give, you books. give me books mm-hmm. and both do a pretty good job of mm-hmm. picking books that I'm, I'm going to want to read. Now, in some ways, you can say that's easy because, like you both have said, I read, like read all everything. Yeah. yeah. But there are things I like more than, than others. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they've given me a, a, a lot of books that... I would not have gotten, but after reading it, said, oh, I would have gotten this. Yeah. So you mentioned this uh, book that you, let me see the cover again. I love that. It's got a kitty cat on it. Um, the Vanishing of, what do we decide we think it is? Katerina, maybe? Maybe. Linden. Yeah. So that is on your to be read for the summer, even though you've already started. It's yeah. a to be finished. So this one has been finished many times over. Oh. This has been like a repeat read. This, yeah, okay. So then my footprints in the trail the will be the one that I finish for this reading. summer. Yes. What else is on your list to read this summer? Um, so right now I, I've been doing a national board certification for teaching, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people in Maryland are doing right now because yes. they like increase the stakes for it. Um, so my mind has really been consumed with that Focus. this year. Mm-hmm. So now I feel I finished the test yesterday, so I'm all done, and now I'm free to read more. Mm-hmm. So I have that book to read. I'm finishing the book that I bought when I was with you in Ellicott City, Rubber Man. That's oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then I just, I have some books that I have not read yet. I bought, when we were in New Orleans, a collection of, like, New Orleans folktales, and then I also, from the Southwest, had a collection of Native American folktales, so those are on the docket to be read. Okay. And then I'm sure as we travel, I'm going to be purchasing books yet to be seen. I would imagine. <laughs> well, if you could share with your dad the titles and the authors of the books that are on the list for the mm-hmm. summer, we'll share that with, okay. the, with the audience. Um, everyone's always looking for recommendations mm-hmm. and just good to hear um, what you're reading. And then the trip. So you've been already providing us footage mm-hmm. of uh, places you've been and books for your dad to read. And tell us about where you are headed and um, where that might involve books. All right. So 
We are going to spend six weeks traveling. We have a little teardrop trailer that's just a bed and like a little bit of storage. It's like not a bathroom or a kitchen or anything. Um, so we use that for camping. And then we have Airbnbs because Ian works from home. And so he can work wherever. But, you know, we need to have electricity and Wi-Fi for him to do that. So we're first going to Boise for a week in an Airbnb. And then we're going to spend a week camping. So we're going to go to Washington State go up to North Cascades, do a kayaking trip, and then do a few nights in Oregon before we end up in McKinleyville, California, which is just outside of Eureka, California, okay. Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to drive through California and then end up in Flagstaff for a week and then Santa Fe for a week. So I think there's a good chance there's books in all of these places. I wondered if you've done the research yet to see the local bookstores in the area. Are yeah. they already mapped out? They are not. Okay. And I am not a strategic traveler. Okay. We like to just go to places and then like, mm-hmm. what seems interesting? Yes. Um, but I was looking, um, I was like, favorite bookstore? What bookstores have I liked? So I was just kind of looking up the names of bookstores that I've been to. Mm-hmm. And I found one in Santa Fe that I've not been to called Travel Bug Specialty Bookstore, Coffee Shop, and Tap Room. All right, now that sounds perfect. Right? Beer, coffee. You came in with a coffee. We know yeah. you like coffee. You often gravitate to books that are about the local area, so the yeah. travel bug part. Yeah. I think all of this sounds right up your alley. Yeah. So you I'm, have to go to that one. <laughs> I'm very excited for this one. That's at the end of the trip. Mm-hmm. But um, I've done like some brief searching, and there are definitely lots of bookstores in Boise and Eureka area. There's lots in Santa Fe, but that will be a repeat trip for us. We've spent time there. Um, and I'm sure Flagstaff, I don't, but I have not, I don't have a specific list of bookstores outside of the travel bug. Okay. You spent a good bit of a summer in Santa Fe one year, didn't you? It was about five weeks. So it's not a new area for you, but there will be new places along the way mm-hmm. that you haven't been to. Yeah. And uh, interesting because well, you've, you've been watching the show. You know, we've got this Matt and Robbie, mm-hmm. the uh, bookload of bus folks that yeah. are all over the country with their kids. Mm-hmm. And um, in some ways, I, I just I can't even fathom. But you're getting a little piece of what they're doing yeah. um, by taking this trip. So. I, I don't know if you pay attention to Matt and Robbie, but mm-hmm. they've got a big presence on Instagram. They actually do a, the Daily Minute, and it's a minute each day that's a video of where they are and their pictures of the places they've been. They're amazing, and it's not all related to bookstores, mm-hmm. but their journey is about books. Yeah. So I envision you being able to share with us some of, of what you experience, mm-hmm. the places that you go, the bookstores that you visit. I'm not getting to them anytime soon. You may inspire your father to go, um, but until he can get there, uh, you get to share with us what you're finding along the way. Yeah. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to seeing, and I don't know how we'll be able to manage it. If Uh it's, you know, you guys are in a place that has good Mm Wi-Fi and that you can dial in and tell us where you are and what you're doing. Or if it's a couple of quick videos that you can send us that mm-hmm. we can stick on the Instagram. Certainly pictures are easy to do. We can do that e- anytime. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just going to be fun to sort of explore that with you. We're living vicariously mm-hmm. through Monica and Ian on their adventure. Monarchs. Yes, exactly. Is Harlan going? Yeah. Is Harlan going? Oh, yes. okay, okay, guys. You Wait till you see Harlan. Well, you'll have to send us a Harlan picture that we can share. Um, because interesting, Matt and Robbie. They have two little dogs. It's, um, oh, what are they? Chihuahuas? I'm not, a pug. And um, and I think the one might be a 
boxer combo, but they already had a dog that was on this trip with them. And then they adopted a dog on the way. So now they've got these two adorable little characters and Mm -hmm. their dogs have their own Instagram pages and get more following, I think, Uh than Matt and Robbie do. Everybody wants to see the pups. So Harlan might be famous by the end of this. (laughs) And he's adorable. <laughs> he's cute. He, he's 98% a good boy. <laughs> That's actually a very himself. good percentage. If 2% is the is the bad side, you're doing okay. His 2% is just very bad. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a mini Australian Shepherd, so he has some Energy. tendencies that he's like, ah. uh-huh. oh. he's good. Love it. Well, we can't wait to hear more about it. Now, you mentioned Annette, and that's something we could say about um, upcoming episodes in the show, is that we have a friend who is in London. Um, She is our other correspondent at large. She's just across the pond. And uh, we have not done a follow-up with her yet, but we are planning it. So this summer, that is something to, to listen for and look forward to from our show is uh, the journeys of Monica, Ian, and Harlan, as well as a follow-up with our friend Annette, who is in, in London. And if there are hard-to-find books that you're looking for from British authors, uh-huh. <laughs> maybe we can make that connection and have um, have you get some help there. I already told my dad I'm advocating for a Two Sides to the Story trip to oh England. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It's not that, be that nice? far. You know someone there. I mean, you could crash <laughs> right? on the couch. It, wouldn't that be something if the two of you could go? over there. Well, and I'm thinking, I'm sure there would be a lot of other people who would be interested. You know, you can't leave the rest of the family behind. All the Zaleskis are going. Ian's got to go too. So that's going to be a big, a big group. Um, Well, it's all fun things to think about. All right. So back to the Father's Day episode. Clearly the majority of this has been spent talking to one of the most important people that in um, Ted's life, and, and that makes him father. And we wanted to talk a little bit more about this things for, for dads. So Book and a Beer, Monica mentioned, and has come up on the show before. Ted, you've got some Book and a Beer places that you would recommend to some of our local dads? Sure. Now, of course, there's places all over the place. You know, I tend to know more about the ones that are close by. And Carroll County in recent years has uh, seen a bit of an explosion in in places. You know, a favorite place for me is uh, called um, City Park Games and Brewing, uh, which is exactly, well, it's not exactly what it sounds like. They don't brew, but they keep a very, very good selection of, of beer. But they do have <coughs> games for the gamers out there. That um, Lori and I and Two Sides has a connection to, and hope it is a growing connection that is piped aside near Hampstead. Uh, do a lot of book related <coughs> um, events and collaborations. Uh, they had a book swap not too long ago, and I think Lori said they have one coming up. They this, do, yes. I have some um, event information to give you at the end of the show, okay. and that's one of them. All right. Uh, they also host a uh, regular book club at, at Pipe the Side. So, I mean, they're very literally doing a book and a beer. Yes. I assume they want you to buy a beer if you come for the, for the book club. Who wouldn't want to? They've got a great selection. And we have a couple other places, and, and they, they vary a lot. A uh, place in Eldersburg called 1623. Mm-hmm. This is not a nice, cozy place. It's, 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 it's big. big and yeah. open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still a good spot. 
relatively new place in Mount Airy. It's called uh, Liquidity Ale Works. Um, in Tawnytown, we have um, Brewery Fire mm -hmm. in Union Bridge, um, Flood Zone. Mm -hmm. uh, so lots of places. And if you're willing to go a little bit further, I mean, the, the numbers add up very, very quickly. And back to 1623 for a moment, that has a book connection too, because they host the Battle of the Books after hours. Um, we participated last year. This year we were there for the event, but didn't compete. So they are book people as well. Um, they do lots of cool events and books is one of them. Yep. Uh, there was another one I was thinking of, Beck's in uh, Sykesville. I don't know if you mentioned them. Did you mention them? No, I, 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 was, I was on Brewers. Yeah. But yeah, we do have some, some other places that uh, could be good places for beer, Becks. And uh, they do book things. That's the reason I brought oh, up Becks. Right, yes. that, um, a likely story bookstore. Exactly. They're across the street from each other. Yes. And they often do, do events there. Yeah. So if you're like Ted and you want to combine books and a beer, we have several places locally that, that have that. And as we've said, our audience has grown. We're not just talking Carroll County anymore, um, outside of our county, outside of our state even. So Easily, if we have it in our community, you have it in yours. You might just need to do a little Google research if you want to combine a book and a beer, or if you want to combine wine and words, whatever it is that <laughs> is serves your pleasure, you can do some research for that. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of went a little wide on the beer part, but yeah, to Lori's part about places that have beer and ties to book. Yes, um, Beck's and Pipe the Side would be the two that stand, they stand out, out. In, in Carroll County. Yeah. This would be another good one. We can, we'd like to hear from you. Uh, if you have a place Absolutely. that's a book in the beer, you know, send us a, an email. Yeah. You know, two sides to the story at yahoo.com. Let us know. Another thing we wanted to mention today, because we did this with the Mother's Day episode, is uh, book recommendations for dads. So uh, I know you have a fairly long list. We will put the full list on uh, the show notes. But did you want to mention a couple that we got from some of the people you reached out to um, to get some Father's Day recommendations for books? Yeah, these all came from people in Carroll County libraries. And I asked for some recommendations for a Father's Day show. Monica's laughing. What do you see on the list? The Shining. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I was like, yeah, great. Well, there are, that's that going to be a show of its own, is all the things that is dark about Ted. <laughs> but the differences between what men tend to read and what women tend to read probably could be a very interesting episode. We're going to have you back for that one. <laughs> yeah, so this list isn't all from the library. Some, some of the books I thought about as I was reading there. Is The Shining yeah. yours? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the dark going. side is showing. <laughs> you know, we talked about Father's Day books. It was, uh, the intent wasn't, you know, here's the, oh, I'm so glad you're my father. <laughs> it was just books that have, that fathers are important for, sure. some, for some reason. Yes. Oh, well, the same important. would be said of Darth Vader. Yeah, it's important. So, so there's, there's one that did come from the library. Um, called Tell Me a Tattoo Story by Allison McGee. This is a picture book, but the father is talking to his child and he has tattoos and he's telling the story of each of the tattoos. Is this the author or the... Oh, the author, Alice, Allison McGee. Then um, there was an, a book in the adult battle called 
the Gunkel. Oh, I remember that. Stephen Rowley. Mm -hmm. This is some bad things happen to a family, and an uncle steps in to be the father, father figure. figure mm -hmm. um, then a book I thought about uh, from our Battle of the Books, uh, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Oh, yeah, I didn't read that one. And uh, he has a relationship with his, a, a non-typical relationship with his father, but, and it's not, the story isn't focused on it, but it's, it's an important part of his story. And this, this is a memoir of, of his. Uh, a, an interview I did, a guy named John, uh, Jordan Soddenblick, called Falling Over Sideways. Uh, the, the father has a stroke, and his daughter is standing there as this is ha happening, and story starts with her reacting to do something about it, which was a, a good thing. But then it also is his recovery and her role in how this all plays out. Mm. Um, the Shining. Uh, <laughs> yes, so, please so, tell us about that one as the final book. <laughs> a, a loving story of a father. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the story is in large part about a father and yes, a son. It is. A crazy it's true. Story. It's crazy, but and it's not anybody's <laughs> idea of you know what you want your father to be, but you know, it it's definitely a father book. Not for the faint of heart, just in case you're not familiar. Yes. And we've been to the hotel. Oh no you have not. Really? Uh, yeah. I well, would never go there in a million well, the years. The hotel that it's based that he, on. it's where he, he <laughs> where wrote. was filmed or okay. okay. Yeah so not not filmed there but mm -hmm. then you know it kind of carried over some with Hodel. This was the uh, Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, uh, Colorado. Mm -hmm. And the room he stayed, they actually don't have a room number on it because people kept stealing the numbers off the door. Okay. Okay, so back to another one from the library. I thought this, this was a really interesting one. I might take, take a look. Uh, I think this is a picture book too, if I remember right. It's called Folded Wisdom, Notes from Dad on Loving, Love, and Growing Up by... Joanna Guest. Yes. When you sent this list to me, that is the one that grabbed my eye okay. just based on the title. I knew it was a Lori kind of book. And I'll tell you a little bit. I don't know how much research you did, but I read oh, this summary. Okay. I read this summary because I was like, that one looks really cool. And it's more what you said at the beginning, the shining for you, this one would be for me, is tales of dads being good dads. And it was this father who wrote every morning something to go in his uh for his child each day actually i think it was two children he would write to them every day and it was he clearly was interested in writing it was just thoughts from me and sometimes it was something as simple as have a great day and other times it was about meaning of life stuff and it was thousands of these little notes that got every day recorded by this dad who loved his kids i, I think it sounds extremely sweet very different than the shining yes. <laughs> and this book actually made me think about two things from our real eyes um, you were in elementary school still young it might have even been you know kindergarten or first grade or something uh, but i think the teacher said put it put a note in your in your your lunch and i I put in a note that said um, you were you were a big Power Rangers fan at the time. It said uh, "Go Go Power Monica." Oh, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> and the other, um, I wondered if you remembered this. Uh, at Easter, used to hide your guys' Easter baskets and 
there would be a, a note somewhere that led you to another note that led you to another one until you found you asked. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. that that's yeah. a great thing to do. Okay. Very cool. Someone might borrow that, I would imagine. that That's a good one. And then the last book, and this is an, another one that occurred to me as I was looking at this, and this is another not loving father and son relationship. Uh, it's called uh, The Great Santini. Um, more people might know it as a movie than... Um, than a, a book, but it's by Pat Kent Conroy. He's another one of these writers on my list that I want to get to, but I've never read a book of his. But somebody, Laurie and I in interviewed Patty Callahan. Mm -hmm. uh, Pat Conroy was a, a, a friend and hero of, of hers. But uh, Santini is a military guy who runs his family like he's a military guy. Ah. <laughs> and um, it's about the the troubled relationship between the father and son and then something happens at the, at the end and there's kind of okay well some good came out of this kind of idea okay that's a great list I so i think it was on your reading list or maybe you already read it the thousand doors of january oh yeah that's on my list hasn't happened yet okay. but yeah so that's a strong female character mm -hmm. but then her dad is kind of guiding her throughout the book ah. in so the dad is very involved, even though he is not present. Okay. Yeah, I've, it's been on my to-do list for a long time and haven't gotten there. And and you're good at this because you said just enough, but not too much. For someone. I, like, <laughs> like, is that enough? I, I saw your luck. I'm like, do I say more? No. So I think you said perfect, okay. just enough to get people's appetite wet for the idea of whether that's the kind of book that, that and they that would was read. a random purchase from a likely bookstore. Oh, that's that. With, that was a good book hunting there. I was there with you. Well, it is clear to me we're going to need you back because we've dipped into a lot of different topics today that are worthy of additional conversations, whether it is trips the two of you take together, whether it is trips you take with Ian and that you share with us, or additional things that come up about your horrible childhood uh, <laughs> with this crazy dad of yours, apparently. I think we have more to say. And I also think the female and male perspective and some of those kinds of discussions and just characters and book selection, there's so much to talk about. So you're definitely coming back. Um, for today, I just, I want to, first of all, thank you for coming and sharing all of this with us, being willing to, um, you know, take us along on your journey this summer. Congratulations on finishing the national so that you can switch gears and enjoy the summer. Um, happy early Father's Day to you, Ted. And then I want to mention a couple of things that are coming up that some of you might be interested in. Um, Ted mentioned Pipe the Side. They do have a community book swap. We've attended one and they've got another one coming. Um, we both picked up books that day. We both dropped off books that day. It's a great event. And as you know, you can get um, a beer while you're there. That is at noon, um, noon to four on Sunday, uh, June 11th. So that's next weekend um, at Pike the Side in uh, Hampstead. And then Ted has a author interview coming up in July. I'll get the date for you in a minute. Um, I think you can read the 8th of July. Um, you can register on the Carroll County Public Library website. We will put the link in the show notes. Um, the book is President Garfield from Radical to Unifier by C.W. Goodyear. And Ted is going to be interviewing him on this book. Not that this was planned, but we just talked about what men read, what women read. This one, just on the surface, looks like more of a guy book than a girl book. 
So, fellas, if you're listening to the show, poor Ted is alone at these events in a lot of cases. So, guys, show up. <laughs> this one's going to be at Carol Dickson Village, I believe, right? And you did interview someone else there recently. All right, test the theory here. Was it more ladies than men in the audience? And that was on well, airship, which could be either male or female, but I could see more of a male lean on uh, was, who might go. It was probably more women, but much more balanced than some of the other okay. events that we've talked about. Not like uh, day for book lovers. Yeah. So some of it does come down to topic, um, but it's just something I think we're going to explore more of. And it, it's making generalizations and it wouldn't always hold, but it just seems like something that we're noticing in, in our book travels. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, as we've said in a previous episode, you know, we've got Monica on location, we've got Annette on location, and I would imagine some of you out there have some summer travel plans. So if you come across bookstores that you would like to send us a picture of, little free libraries along the way, or want to tell us anything else about your summer reading, we would love to hear it. Uh, you can get in touch with us from our website, twosidestothestory.com. Uh, our email address is listed there as well. You can listen to our episodes on our website. And if you want the show notes, you'll want to go to the podcast platforms that we use, which are Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. So thank you for listening and enjoy your reading. <laughs>